Hey everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu and I am your host and today we do not have a guest today as you all have noticed on the Instagram, on whatever platform you're streaming from. Uh, today will be uh, more of a solo thing, it'll be a pre-recorded message uh, that I had and um, I'll explain a little more uh, of that just after uh, these few announcements I'm going to make. But uh, as you guys know, uh, just some housekeeping stuff, uh, our Instagram at the Potter's House is where you can find uh, find us for any and all updates. That's where I post um, all the videos, uh, all the promos, all the stories, whatever you need to know. If you want to reach me there, I'm most active on there. So you can find me over there uh, on our Instagram. And uh, for streaming, you can fo- you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on uh, well, iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify and a few other streaming platforms. But the those first two are the most um, favorable, according to you guys. So uh, you can follow us there. And if you do have an iPhone and if you do use Apple Podcasts, I would I would kindly ask you if you can go to the app, tap the purple icon, that podcast app, scroll all the way down. Tap the stars, and uh, if you want, you can leave a written review because all of that really helps with the exposure of the show. And uh, if you do leave a written review, not only would I read it to myself, but I'll read it out loud on the show as well. So for those of you who have already done that, thank you very much. And uh, we also got, uh, as I've been saying these last uh, few weeks since we resumed in uh, September, we have the website, uh, thepottershouse.com. So right now it's just got that fundraiser thing going on. I know I keep saying that I'm going to add some other features uh, with the website, but it will all come in due time uh, whenever I have the time and uh, ability to, to put that together. So that'll come hopefully soon, uh, but it'll eventually come. So we'll have that ready. So uh, one new announcement, um, one new announcement, if you guys have been following uh, on Instagram as of, uh, I think, last week, um, but we just announced that we're going to have a conference this uh, New Year's holiday. So uh, the church that I attend and serve at Bethel Remain and Pentecostal Church here in Southern California, here in Orange County, California, um, we're hosting a, uh, a conference uh, for the New Year holiday. So it'll be Friday the 31st to uh, Sunday, January 2nd. And we will have three nights of services and uh, we'll have basically other things going on that weekend. But what we want to do and what our goal is to basically start, finish the year and start the year in the house of the Lord together. And what better way to do that than in Southern California, where most of you, or at least a decent amount of you are freezing uh, normally during uh, this time of year. Uh, You can definitely fly over here, drive over here, whatever you want here to Southern California, where it'll be a solid 63, 64 degrees Fahrenheit most likely overcast for that weekend, which sounds absolutely delightful to you guys. Uh, not so delightful for local Californians, but nonetheless, it should be a great weekend. And uh, I do encourage you to follow the Instagram account, which is at New Year's OC. Uh, I, I've been posting about it recently. So that's that's the Instagram account where we're going to post all of the updates building up to the conference on that New Year's holiday. So as of right now, we just have the, we just announced the conference. It just shows the dates. But uh, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to announce the theme, the speakers eventually, uh, the schedule, itinerary, all that. So all that will be announced on that Instagram account. So if you can, follow at New Year's OC 
New Year's OC on Instagram, and we you'll be able to find all those announcements there. So that should be that should be fun. I hope to see you there uh, for for the holiday. And uh, it's already end of October, so you better hop on and buy those tickets because they're only going to skyrocket from here. So uh, don't procrastinate with that. Please do that um, in in uh, in a timely fashion, if I can say. So that's that. That's the announcements. Now back to the episode because I just I want us to get straight to the episode. I don't like to waste your guys' time with this super strung out exposition. But um, this message that I have, uh, so I haven't posted a message in a long time, and I do want to clarify something. So first, uh, I for those of you who follow my Instagram, about a month or two ago, I did this questionnaire thing on my story where I asked you guys what types of episodes would you like to hear more often. So some of the options were topical discussions uh, with a guest, which was by far the most popular. Uh answer according to you guys there was also uh, solo topical discussions which i've only done once so far there is uh guest testimonials which i've had a few times which a lot of you guys also liked and uh, the last option was uh pre-recorded sermons and i just threw there threw that out there because it's something i've done you know sparingly over these last 48 episodes and i wanted to see uh, what you guys preferred but out of the 70 people i believe 70 people responded to that story out of the 70 people that responded to that story, only one person clicked on the pre-recorded sermons. Now, I'm doing this for you. So that one person, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember if you I don't know if you were trolling or whatever, but this this is for you. And uh, obviously I'm half joking here, but uh the main reason why I I'm posting this and I, I've also talked about this on the episodes on previous episodes I've posted a pre-recorded message, but uh one Recording episodes, releasing episodes, editing, all that stuff, finding the guest, finding the topic, it all takes a lot of time. And considering, you know, we have this weekly frequency, um, it, it just requires a lot of time. It takes a lot of time uh, out of my week. And uh, typically when I'm, I'm tasked to give a message, I also spend that respective week also getting ready for that. So I figured two birds with one stone. If I'm going to already put in the work and do this, I'm just going to throw it out there just, just for, just for kick. So, uh, that's the main reason why I do it. It's, it's not because, you know, I, I like to keep this, this ministry more about the, the topic and, you know, the guest and their story and their perspective. It's not so much about me, but I do want to put, you know, stuff out there if I, if I feel like it could be uh, edifying and encouraging to the people who listen to it. So, um, that's that if, if sermons are not your thing and if you listen to enough, uh, much better preachers. Uh, that's totally fine. Uh, you can, the beauty of a podcast is that you can pick and choose which episodes you want to listen to. Uh, but for this week, just to kind of give myself a little bit of a break, I'm just going to post this, uh, 30 minutes or so, which should be good enough content. It'll be a shorter episode than, than usual this week. But, uh, that's what I'm going to do, uh, for, uh, for today, for whenever you guys are listening to this. So, uh, it's a message. It's based off of Ephesians chapter two, eleven, uh, verse eleven through twenty-two, and it basically, you know, as a quick rundown, it talks about Jews and Gentiles, the reconciliation that we have uh, with God through Christ, um, with the new covenant, and then it also ends with uh, talking about Jesus Christ being the cornerstone, and we are the building blocks built upon that as the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of a, it's a very pa- powerful passage. Uh, the book of Ephesians is very very edifying. Uh, Paul is just writing a lot to them, and there's there's a lot of things to, to learn from that. So uh, I hope uh, it is encouraging and edifying to you. Uh, 
thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you're not going to listen this week, you're listening next week. We'll, we'll see you then. But uh, here's the message for this week. how you guys are doing tonight oh okay there you go it's awesome i'm good i'm good i'm glad to be back i'm glad to be back from the kalatoria as, as we like to say in romanian kalatoria with jacob and i like your shirt jake man nice nice repping bro <laughs> All right, as you've guessed, tonight we're going to read from the passage that we uh, have in our series. And uh, let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. And we're going to read from Ephesians 2, uh, verses 11 through 22. So last week, uh, we spent time on the first half of Ephesians chapter 2. Now we're going to spend time on the second half. And uh, verse 11 starts like this. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at the time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus who uh, Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments down, um, ex- law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in, in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. So that was a pretty pretty hefty passage over there. We got a lot of information uh, here tonight. That we're going to talk about, and uh, I'm excited to see what the Lord has for us this evening. So, I'm sure we've covered this uh, in previous messages. We're on number four right now. But just as a quick overview on the book of Ephesians, obviously, it's written to the church in Ephesus, hence the word Ephesians. And uh, it is written, 99% of the scholars believe it was Paul. Uh, there are always those skeptics, even though Paul addresses it, there's always those skeptics to say like, oh, it was a follower of Paul. But we're going to assume, safely assume that Apostle Paul is the one who wrote this letter. And uh, it was written around, they estimate, like 62 AD. So this is at the time where Paul was imprisoned in Rome uh, shortly before he was martyred. 
And uh, while there is no specific occasion or event that he's addressing in this letter, uh, he does mention in uh, chapter 6, and we'll get there in a couple of weeks, that he wanted to inform them how he was faring uh, during his time in confinement in Rome. So he's addressing a lot of things that, um, and encouraging a lot of, uh, a lot of things uh, that, the, that the Ephesians were either going through, and they had a prior relationship as well. So that, that's what kind of the purpose of the letter was. Now, there are two main themes in this letter. So this letter has six chapters. There are two main themes. Number one, Christ has reconciled all creation to himself and to God. And number two, Christ has united people from all nations to himself and to one another in his church. Very important. And to one another in his church. Now, these two themes we're actually going to see uh, very blatantly here in this second part of chapter two. We're going to see it unfold. So what I want to do, I'm just, I'm, we're going to break it up, guys. We're going to break it up. There's a lot of messages that we, can, uh, that we can read from this passage, but I want to break it up into three different things that we need to see. And um, if you guys heard me before, I like to use alliteration. Basically start the same point with the same letter just because, I don't know, I listen to a lot of old preachers, and that's what they do. Um, and, it's, and it's interesting, and it's cool. And we get to see that here uh, in this passage. So the first part of this, uh, of this passage that we read, the first point that we see being made, and it's, it's verses 11 through 15, uh, talks about the unity of Christ's people. And the word that we're going to talk about tonight for this part is circumcision. I know it's not a topic that we imagine talking about at, at church, but it's gonna be, we're going to see how that applies. So the unity of Christ's people. So what does unity of Christ's people mean? It means that at some point there was disunity. If we're going to preach unity, we have to assume that the people are not united. And at this time, in this place, that was exactly the case. Um, in the history of humanity, even back in the Old Testament, there was always strife. There was always um, animosity in between the Jews and the Gentiles. And uh, you can even argue that at this point, when Paul is writing this letter, shortly after the ministry of Christ, a few decades after the ministry of Christ... Tensions were still at an all-time high. And the reason being is because Jesus Christ. The, the Jews, Israel, was promised. They had a covenant from the very beginning. The distinction, the, the line was drawn way back with Abraham. When Abraham was chosen to be the father of that nation, of the chosen people of God. And since then, uh, there have been a lot of prophecies, and the Old Testament is pointing to an eventual Messiah and a Savior, that is Jesus Christ, which we see. So, once Christ comes into the picture, and a lot of the Jews don't accept him as Lord and Savior, and some Gentiles do, that only just makes things a lot worse. So you can imagine, um, I mean, and you guys, I mean, we all, we all know this, we all know conflicts with certain people with certain beliefs and all this so imagine that but like times 10 and we see that in uh, different ways that the gentiles were treated uh within within this area so uh gentiles were actually called sinful unclean pagans uh, a lot of them uh they associated them with romans that's that's the the major association they had because they were impacted by the romans a lot uh i mean the, the term, the uncircumcision, that we read prior in this passage is actually a derogatory, tor- uh, a derogatory term used towards Gentiles. So uncircumcised Philistines, all these different things, they're basically insulting them. 
And uh, if you look at the history, um, uh, they were actually, they had to be separated. Uh, If you look at the temple, uh, the synagogues and the temples, there was a certain section partitioned off for the Gentiles. And if they should ever cross, there was actually a sign that said, we're going to kill you, basically. They were not allowed to cross a certain point because that's how, that's how uh, much animosity, that's, that's how much they were so stuck in their religion that they believed that they were, the, the Jews believed that they were the best, they were God's chosen people, which was true, but the pride eventually came and over, overflowed in their hearts. Now, there's a couple of things we have to understand. First of all, we are Gentiles. We are, that, other, last I checked, none of us were, were born, right? No, yeah, I don't think so, right? Um, you guys can do the 23 and me and find out what percentage uh, Jew you are. But uh, <laughs> even, even then, we, we are the Gentiles. So if we would, let's say, flash back 2,000 years, we would fall in this category. Now, what do Gentiles not have, according to the passage we just read? Let's see over here. Uh, Gentiles, one, they're separated from Christ. Two, they are alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. And that, that's pretty self-explanatory. They're not part of the nation of Israel, God's chosen nation. Uh, they are strangers to the covenants of promise. So all those covenants that we read about in the Old Testament, uh, the, 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 from Noah, Adam, Abraham, uh, Moses, David, they did not apply to the Gentiles at the time because that was for God's chosen people. It was for the nation of Israel. And actually, John 4.22 actually says salvation is from the Jews. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that the Jews provide salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. However, it is through the nation of Israel that we get our Savior, Jesus Christ, through the the line of Judah, through the line of David. That's how we get. So that's, that's what it means. So they did not have this. They did not have the promises of the covenant. It did not apply to them. And had having no hope, they had no hope, right? A lot, of these, a lot of these people were pagans. Uh, they had some sort of distorted belief in the afterlife. They had no hope for something greater. And lastly, they were without God in the world. Now, let's, let's understand this. Without God in the world, it's not God's fault. It's, it's, it's our fault. It is our sin that separates us from God. It's not, it's not the other way around. It's our, it's our own sin that, that justifies that. So they had all these different things. They were without all these different things. And uh, now back to the topic of circumcision. Circumcision was the physical distinction between Jew and Gentile. Basically what it was, it was a sign of the covenant with God. The ordinance of circumcision back in Genesis 17, as we read. Uh, we're not going to read it in, for the sake of time. But it was an outward physical sign of one's willingness to obey God and be one of his chosen people. So the same way... Maybe not the same, but similar way. Once you get married, you wear a wedding ring. It's a sign that you're married. That's what this was at the time for the Gentiles. Now, the only difference is no one commands you to wear a wedding ring, but God commanded this. It was mandated, not to, not to stir you guys up right now, but it was mandated at the time for the Jews to do that. And that's what they did. So we see all these different things. Let us imagine ourselves in the, in the place of the Gentiles. And we're, we're without all these different things. We're separated from Christ. We're alienated from this chosen nation. We're, we're strangers to these promises. We have, we have nothing for us. But look at this. Look at verse 13. And last week we heard, we, we had the, the, those two epic words, but God, right? And now we have a parallel. It says, but now. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, 
You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments uh, expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself a new man in place of two, so making peace. So that wall that was there, that partition that was there between Jew and Gentile, when, when Christ died, that, that veil tore, guys. That veil, that veil tore. And we were no longer concerned with the, you heard this word ordinances, right? The ordinances of circumcision. It was no longer a physical thing. It was an, a circumcision of the heart as we see in the book of Jeremiah, as it is later referenced. And we see in Acts 10, uh, when Peter's uh, speaking with the Gentiles, he even says that it is no longer a requirement because now we're under the new covenant. So all the divisions, all the walls, all the enmity between us, the Gentiles, and Christ, and God, was broken down by Jesus Christ. He is the mediator that brought us together. And he is the one who created this opportunity Right? And if we're going to think in terms of construction, this is the permit that we pulled. This is the permit that he pulled so that we may have an opportunity to actually do something. And that is Jesus Christ. So I, I mentioned the word covenant, and that's going to be our, our second point here tonight. So first we have the circumcision, which was the dividing factor between Jew and Gentile. But now through Christ, we don't have to worry about that anymore because we have been adopted in God's family. Now, because we have this opportunity, now we have number two, peace with God, which is also the new covenant of Jesus Christ through grace. Verse 16 and 18, I'm going to read it one more time. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were, one, who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father now not only did the gentiles need to be reconciled with the jews as we read in the first few verses but now both the jews and the gentiles needed to be reconciled with god that's that, that this is the next step he destroyed thereby killing the hostility amongst the jews and gentiles and now we are brought in re- reconciliation with god now what is a covenant we've heard it's one of those have you guys ever heard the word churchianity, right? Churchianity words, uh, words that we usually hear in church, but we don't really use in an outside context. A uh, covenant is one of those things, but essentially it's, it's basically a binding contract between two parties ratified by a swearing oath. Now that swearing oath could be a different, could be in different ways, right? Uh, we know in Romans, Romans 10, nine through 10, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we are saved. So that is the quote-unquote, swearing oath that, uh, that basically brings this new covenant uh, into, into practice. But that's what a covenant is. But now, let's talk about the covenants beforehand. We had the Old, Old Testament covenants. And what were those? Basically, if we look at the Old Testament, it's God promised that the people of Israel will be his chosen people and that he would be their God. And everything that we see in the Old Testament, all these covenants, all these stories, all these books of the Bible... All these conflicts with the nation of Israel, everything, uh, all of that pointed towards the Savior, all of that pointed towards Christ. And we see two to three hundred prophecies about our Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant of the nation of Israel. Now, this new covenant that we have in the New Testament, 
describes the fulfillment of God's promise by Jesus Christ. So it's not, it's not contradicting the Old Covenant, but it's fulfilling the Old Covenant. And this is the covenant that we have under grace. And this is the covenant we as Gentiles, we who are once far off, this is the covenant that we need. The Old Covenant can't apply to us, but we need to be under the new covenant of grace. Sin brings separation, but Christ brings peace and reconciliation. The passage that we read over here says that we are now a new creation. We are a new man. It doesn't say that the, the Gentiles were brought up to the standards of the Jews. It doesn't say that the Jews were brought down to the standards of the Gentiles. It says that both Jew and Gentile, in their old ways, were brought through Christ as a new creation. It is a new creation. It is not one conforming to the other. We are a new person in Christ Jesus. And as sons, a part of a new family of believers, all a part of one body, and we are all empowered by one spirit. Now, the Old Testament, as I mentioned, we talked about the Jewish temple. Now, the Jewish temple had three parts. We have the outer court, we have the holy place, and then we have the holy of holies, right? Does that sound familiar to you guys? The holy of holies is where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the high priest was only allowed once a year for a limited amount of time to to go be in the presence of the Lord. So, very strict, very strict criteria, and priests, uh, people of Israel... Uh, women, Gentiles, they all had restrictions to which part of the t- temple they could visit. Now, that's, under, that's the Old Covenant. But let me tell you something about the New Covenant. By Jesus Christ and his death, he took out that veil, the partitions in between each of those places. And he himself, he, Jesus Christ himself, became the way, the outer court. He became the truth, the holy place. And he became the life, the holy of holies. And now we as Christians, we as a new creation that have the same spirit residing in us and we're a part of the same body, we all have access to all those different places because we are in Christ. We are in Christ. We have access to all of that. And that's something that we should be joyous about. That is something that we truly need. So if a Gentile in those times under the old covenant... If they, if they wanted to be, let's say they wanted to be in the presence of God. They wanted to be in the Holy of Holies. They had a lot of barriers blocking them. Let's say, they go, let's say they go in front of the temple and they ask, I want to enter the Holy of Holies. What do I need to be? The, the guard in front is going to say, listen, well, first you have to be Jewish. Are you Jewish? No. Okay, all right. You're done. Okay, let's say I was Jewish. Can I enter? Yes. Uh, but then you have to be a man. All right, that that eliminates 50% of the people that want to go in. Okay, let's say you're a Jewish man. Oh, are you a descendant from the tribe of Levi? Assuming that we have uh, basically equal number of people in each tribe, that eliminates 92% of the people that could possibly go. So, okay, let's say you were a a member of the tribe of Levi. You have to be a priest. Okay, not only that, you have to be a high priest. Okay, great. Can I go? No, sorry. You can go in six months because you're only allowed to go once a year. So there are so many barriers. At the time under the, new co- under the old covenant, there were so many barriers for the, for the Gentiles to be in the presence of God. But right now, through Jesus Christ, under this new covenant, there are no more barriers. Because the Bible says in Romans 8 that nothing, and, he, and Paul lists like a billion different things, nothing can separate us from the love of God. 
Nothing can. And we all have access to that, guys. And we really need to take advantage of that. And we need to understand that because, because the enemy is going to come and he's going to whisper in our ear and he's going to tell us these different things. He's going to say, like, no, because you did this, this is a partition. This is a wall. You can't enter that place. You can't enter the Holy of Holies because there's, there's, there's this in your life or this was in your past or, or maybe you're dealing with this. And he's going to speak those lies and we cannot listen to those lies. We're all sons and daughters. We have been adopted in God's family under the household of God in this new covenant of Jesus Christ under grace. So we have circumcision, we have covenant, and now we have the last one, cornerstone. And this is what the title of the message is. And I know it's one point, but all of, all of the, everything that I just said, everything that, uh, all these points are leading to this, the cornerstone, the implications of Christ's peace. And this is the last four verses. I'm going to read from verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for for God by the Spirit. Now, this whole thing is kind of like a construction project, right? The first one was pulling the permits. It's Jesus Christ giving us the opportunity, that wall breaking down. We no longer have to be circumcised. Now, it's all about, it's, it's all about uh, grace and faith in Jesus Christ. Next, we had the covenant, which was the plans, right? We had the permits, we have the plans, and finally now, we are ready for the construction. We are ready to start building. Now, where do we start building? Well, what is a cornerstone, right? Because that, that sounds pretty important. We know we sing the song, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong. We, we know the song, right? But do we actually know what it means? Now, I want you guys to imagine and picture a pyramid, right? You can see this is a point, and then it's, like a, it's got a square at the bottom. This is a pyramid. Now, the cornerstone is at the very bottom that corner basically block over there. Now, it may seem kind of trivial, but that block over there is actually very important in the construction of a pyramid. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. First, that is the first stone that is applied and that is set in the construction of that pyramid, of that structure. We don't start, I mean, I'm not an expert on pyramids, I'll admit, but it wouldn't make sense to start in the middle of it, build outwards and go up. No, we start with the corner piece. It makes sense to start with the corners. When you guys are doing a puzzle, you want to start with the corners. Next, it is the reference point for all the other stones placed, therefore determining the shape of that structure. Now, I'm sure you guys are kind of guessing where I'm leading with this, but, but it is the first stone set. It, it is the reference point, and it d- defines the shape of the whole structure. And lastly, it is the standard for every other block that is placed in that structure. Now I'm going to ask you, and this might be an easy question, but who, who or what, who is the cornerstone? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is that first stone laid. He's the reference point for how we should be. He determines the shape of the structure, and he is the standard by which we should strive to live by. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen says, 
Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste or will not be in hurry. Now, this is in Isaiah. This is before Jesus Christ came on this earth. And this is a prophecy that from, from the very beginning of time, this was God's plan to lay a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone. And that is Jesus Christ. And that whoever believes will not be in haste. Now, the foundation, it says that we hear the found, uh, in the passage about the foundation and the, and the, and the prophets and the apostles. The, the prophets and the apostles are not the foundation. They laid the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation, but they, because they came before, they're the ones who laid the foundation through their, through their prophecies, through the, through the miracles, through the, their lives and their teachings. If you want to go to Acts 2.42, where it talks about taking heed to the, to the apostles' teachings, they're the ones who laid it. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. Now, I'm not sure if you guys remember uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16 talks of a story um, where Jesus asks his disciples openly. He asks them, who do people say that I am? Kind of an open-ended question. And some of them respond. They say like, oh, they say you're a great prophet. They say you're a good teacher. They say you're like Elijah and you're like Moses. You're like these other guys that we've had in the past. And then Jesus chained, tweaks his question a bit. And he says, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. One of the most powerful proclamations made by a man other than Jesus in the word of God. And Peter actually has another one in Acts chapter 5 when he says, we shall not obey man, we shall obey God, right? He, he just, he's known for making great statements. But what does Jesus respond with? He says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, basically Simon, son of Jonah, for it is not, for nothing in this world revealed this to you, for it is not anything that you could have thought of, but it is my Father in heaven who revealed this to you. And then he says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. On this rock. Now, what is this rock? Is it Simon Peter, Cephas, right? Is, is he the rock? No. It is the statement that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the son of the living God. That is the foundation that Christ wants to build his church on. Now, we're kind of, we're, we're talking about construction, right? Where do we come into play? We're the building blocks. We are the, we are the body, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, this word church, when Jesus says church um, in Matthew 16, it's actually the first, if, if not the first, one of the first times that this word has ever been used in Scripture up until this point. And that Greek word is ecclesia. It has never been used in the Old Testament, obviously because it was in Hebrew, but this term did not exist, right? Because at the time, under the Old Covenant, all there was was the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, that, that the promises of the covenant applied to. But now, when Jesus asked this question, who do you say I am? And we respond with this, with this great proclamation that is, that is giving glory to God and, and, and basically stating that he is our Lord and our Savior. He says, great, on this rock, on this statement, I will build my church. And the church is not a building, brothers and sisters. The church is each and every single one of us. In unity together, a part of one body, which is the body of Christ, united together in one spirit.
united and held together in one spirit. And because Jesus Christ is our cornerstone, as this passage says, we have citizenship. Not here, not in Israel, but in heaven. So from the Gentile point of view, after all of this, it's not like they got some green card or vaccine passport or whatever. They didn't get a passport to enter Israel. But because they believe in Jesus Christ, whosoever believes in him gets that passport and has citizenship, not here on this earth, but in heaven with our heavenly father. And that's the most important thing. That's what we need to strive for. And um, worship team, you have one more song? Or, you know, and as we conclude, uh, worship team, you guys, can, you guys can come up and set up. Um, we talked about, at the beginning, what, are the, what, what do the Gentiles have against them? We said that, that we were without Christ, without citizenship, without all these different things. But now, under this new covenant, because of Jesus Christ and the reconciliation that he brought between us and God... We are God's people. We are members of God's family. We're his children, and we are with Christ. We are with citizenship. We are with covenant and promises. Those promises now apply to us, and they will, and they will take place because God's promises happen. We are with hope, with hope that one day we will spend eternity with our Lord and, 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 and our Father in heaven, and we are with God. And we are with God. And not once a year in the Holy of Holies, if you are some, somehow a high priest of the tribe of Levi. No, each and every single one of you, older, younger, male, female, been in the church a long time or new to the faith, we all, we all have access to that because the Holy Spirit resides in us. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the body of Christ. And through us, God will work and do things for his glory and his glory alone. Now, as I conclude, Psalm 18, 118 22 says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And Jesus actually references this passage in Matthew 21, 42. I want to ask you this, in the, because we have this topic over here. And let's all stand. If not Christ, if Jesus Christ is not your cornerstone, what is? What are you building yourself on? Is it, is it man's approval? Is it, is it acceptance and affirmation of the people around you? That happens. A lot, a lot of the things that we do are based on what people think about us. And if people think, if they start thinking things, they have certain opinions, and maybe we experience some rejection... And that, that'll, that'll shake us at the core. And in those turbulent waters, we will realize that our, our faith and our, and our cornerstone is not Jesus Christ. It is something else. And tonight, if that's you, I pray that bring it before the Lord. Pray about it. Ask God, like, God, give me your desires and let Christ be my cornerstone in my life. So that I may live for you and live for you freely. Is it acceptance? Is it affirmation? Is it earthly accomplishments? I know a lot of us, we're in a comparison culture. If you even look at Instagram and all these uh, social media platforms, we're all about comparison with one another. Who has the best career? Who has the best education? Who has the most wealth? Who has the most nice things? And if our cornerstone, if that's our cornerstone, if that's what, our, what the foundation is of our lives, 
As soon as we take away those things, what is the meaning in our life at that point? And I'm not trying to say that going to school and getting a good career is not important. Trust me, your career and education is very important. But let me tell you this, your testimony is far more crucial. Your life for Christ, my life for Christ, is far more crucial than that. Than anything that we can, anything that we can accumulate on this earth. It is our treasures that we store up in heaven that are much more important. So as we conclude, as we, uh, we're going to go into a little prayer and then we'll sing this last song. Let's bring it before the Lord. And let's be honest. I know I have to be. I know there are some things that, that are not, that are not, they're not quite right. That there are some things that I put my faith in. There's th- some things that are, that are the cornerstone instead of Christ. And I need, to bring, I need to bring that and confess that before the Lord. And if that's you tonight, truly do so. And I encourage you to do so. So that we may live for him and that he may work in us, that we may be the building blocks in the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he may work through us for his glory and furthering his kingdom. Let's go into this prayer. Hey guys, I hope that uh, message was edifying and encouraging to you all. Uh, thank you for uh, sticking through and listening to it. And um, just to wrap things up really quickly uh, with some closing announcements. Uh, again, our Instagram is at the Potter's House where we post everything. That's where you can follow us for any and all updates. Uh, so so go there if you want if you want more information. Uh, streaming, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you do have an iPhone, please go to that podcast app that purple icon click it click on you know the show the potter's house uh subscribe follow if you haven't already go down tap the stars leave a written review if you want because it really helps with the exposure of the show and thank you guys for the for those of you who have already done it uh website thepottershouse.com uh, more to come on that and last but not least as i've announced uh, at the beginning of this episode we do have that new year's conference coming up in um in orange county california southern california uh December 31st to January 2nd. Follow uh, on Instagram at New Year's OC for all updates regarding that conference. I hope to see you there. And uh, I hope uh, you guys all have a wonderful rest of your week. And uh, stay tuned for next week where we have another episode. Another, uh, It'll actually be a testimony and it'll be pretty powerful uh, with the guests that we have on. But thank you guys for tuning in so much. And we will see you next time. 